Gross with Dan Ream. Hello. And we are the teachers in the dungeon sitting in. I'm never sure whether this is the tower or just in addition to the dungeon where we record. I think I think we need to call it the tower since it, it is, is the, the it floor. is the north tower <laughs> because the other location is the south dungeon because I never I never record from a tower in, in my location, in my right. keep. So <laughs> So yes, yes, good. Uh, glad everyone is. You are all joining us. If it's your first time, thanks a lot for giving us a try. And if you have been listening for a while, thank you so much for coming back and joining us. Yes. Don't forget that you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, and, <laughs> and Twitter. And then if you'd like to comment a little deeper, give us some uh, ideas for shows, give us some topics you want us to discuss, or just share stories of your own, send us an email at teachersinthedungeon at gmail.com. So tonight's topic of discussion, this is going to be a, we started this series a couple weeks ago. Yes. Uh, in yeah. January. Behind the screen. Yes. And so Dan, you came up with this topic. I sense because you had a, <laughs> a, uh, a campaign or a session, campaign session, go sort of this way. So I'll let yes. you introduce the topic. So I've seen some memes out there too about this. And so the topic for today's discussion is how do you cope when you feel like a session has failed? Okay. We've all been there. You get done. Everybody leaves and you're left kind of thinking, oh, that sucked. Yep. That just, <laughs> just did not go the way I expected. What are you talking about? I've never had that kind of feeling before. <laughs> okay. My nose just grew two feet. So yeah, absolutely. We all, you know, that's that's one of the fears I think that people have uh, when, when being prospected or proposing or they're just thinking about being a dungeon master. Yeah. Um, it's what if it stinks? What if the players yeah. don't want to come back or something like that? If, if the game is running as it's supposed to, even the best planned person is going to have to wing it every session at one point or another. Yes. And that can be pretty intimidating, pretty scary, particularly when you feel like, oh, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. Right. Yeah, there takes a little bit of improv that goes yeah. into it. And not to, you know, I'm, I've never felt like you have to be a pro at it. You just have to be willing to accept that. Because I, I am not a good, as as indicated many times on this show, <laughs> I'm not very good at improv. <laughs> I like to work with the script and kind of have, not necessarily a linear, but I like to know the paths. I like to yeah. know the roads that it can go. But yes. as we all know, and like you said, it's sort of the, the running joke in Dungeons & Dragons. You can plan for A, B, C, and D, but the players are going to take Z or mm -hmm. X or M. Or, you know, they're going to take a thousand <laughs> different directions than what you thought. Yeah. So, 
I'll let you get started. Sure. So I I kind of thought of the best way to deal with this. I guess I'm like I said, cope, but cope kind of has a negative connotation now. So uh, process maybe is a better way. Okay. How you process yeah. your feelings when you feel like it failed. I th- I think that the the thing that I wrote down is that dealing with your feelings requires understanding them first. Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing I have to do is sort out well why I'm feeling down. I'm feeling disappointed, but I need why is that? Hmm. And there's okay. a, a few different reasons for it. it. It could be, is there you know, boredom involved? Are you disappointed? And, and where is the source of that? Is it, is it something that you felt you failed at? Were you frustrated with maybe players not taking something seriously when you wanted them to? There's, there's lots of different sources for those unhappy feelings when you're done with a session. Sure. And I think it's important to figure out why that is. Huh. I don't know that I've ever really thought of it that way, but I do like that that mindset that you can't really be too down too hard on yourself until you know what it is that you're being hard on yourself for. And, and I would bet most of the times it's not as bad as you think because it's kind of like it's kind of like when you do know like when you're an actor and you know you know what your lines are, you know what was supposed to happen on stage and something goes wrong how would the audience know? Right, right. <laughs> you know, how do your players know that you didn't do this or you forgot to do this? I mean, sometimes it's pretty glaring. As in, and I'll give an example of a time when when I really felt like it went south. And I don't know that you guys necessarily sensed it until after the fact. And that was when you guys defeated that dragon. Yeah. And I, at the end of that, I, you, I mean, I was happy that you guys were happy about it. You know, there was loot, there was all that kind of thing, which which is good. But I was like, man, something didn't go right there that I let, you know, that I let a common spell impact the dragon so much. And that, and I thought, I really thought it was more my planning as far as like what the dragon would do. But really it was more in my planning that I didn't understand what the dragon could do. Right. And so, yeah, so that that fits kind of along with what you're saying is that I was misguided as to why I thought things didn't go well. And and I don't know that you guys really felt that anything went wrong other than maybe, boy, that was a lot easier than we expected it to be. (laughs) Oh, I didn't think it was easy. It was, but it was exciting. But that kind of goes into my very next bullet point is before you decide a, a session was a failure, you do need to check with the players. Yes. Nine times out of ten they will have had a good time, mm-hmm. I think. And that's kind of my example. I just ran a session with you guys a few days ago, and I don't think I don't think you'll mind if I say this, but we've got mm-hmm. a a decidedly OP cleric. We do group that has built it out, you know, beautifully, but can administer huge amounts of hit point healing, you know, healing. Yes. With, repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what can I do to make it a little more challenging? And I thought, well, this is something I've never been good at, is putting encounters back to back in a way that forces the party to conserve spell slots yep. and, and tricks that they can do. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I devised, is that you are on an open prairie running for your lives from a pack of gnolls. And my thought was the gnolls would be tracking you and they're just going to, you know how hyenas do, they'll like rush in and then back and in and back and basically right. just wear out their prey mm-hmm. before they 
go after them. Right. And that's how I designed it, but that was all we did for the whole session. I was curious why, so tell me more about why you felt like that didn't go so it, well. It just, it felt like, it felt to me like it was getting to be a slog for you guys. Hmm. You know, okay, yet another same group that, you know, same monster that we faced in the last three encounters here in this session. They're back again. They're back again. They're back again. And I really started to doubt the wisdom of doing that. In my mind, it was going to be an exciting chase. And mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure it felt like that. Part of it is you guys rolled, I had percentage dice rolls to right. see if they would attack you on any given day. Okay. And it and the the way that I had put the mechanics is each day the chance would rise. Okay. And once they hit on you, then it was done. They would keep dogging you. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you guys just rolled really badly. And from the <laughs> day one or day two, they locked on to you guys. Yeah. So so it was it was a shock to me mm -hmm. when when first of all you texted and said that was really exciting. And part of me is like, well, you got to say that. You got to because you, you know what it's like to be a dim. You're just <laughs> you're being nice. You're you're sort of. <laughs> Sat, you know, soothing the wound. Um, but then on Monday, then Brian at school came up and said how much, how excited he was, how exciting it was. And I yeah. thought, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, and in that moment, then I thought, okay, maybe it was okay. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I, maybe I've got no business feeling bad about this. I have to say, when we, when we walked out of the house, I don't know, Marcus and Paul kind of went ahead and, and on one side of the street and, and uh, Brian and I were on the other and I looked at Brian and I said, that was a lot of fun. He goes, holy cow, that was challenging and fun. He goes, mm -hmm. he goes, I did get frustrated, but like the frustration was out of like the excitement of it. So I think we felt what you wanted us to feel. Because when you just described that as you wanted it to feel like we were running for our lives, <laughs> I don't know. It's been a long time since I felt like I've been like my character has been running for his life. And that, I mean, you left us on a cliffhanger, so I'm not sure exactly how that's going <laughs> to uh, resolve itself because we definitely do feel that way. I mean, the conversation on a daily basis between Brian and Marcus and I have constantly been, well, what if we do this? And we have a five, <laughs> 10 minute like parlay of, of like strategy. And it's like, all right, I got, I got to think about this. And so you've really got the, the juices flowing uh, with that session. And what I thought was cool about it was the fact that we didn't get a break. Yeah. So I think on, on your end, I'm still, I'm still trying to put myself in your shoes to figure out, but I guess, I guess I can, what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is it just like, it was the same. It felt like to you the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. On our end of it was, yeah, it was the same creatures and even kind of the same setup, just a little bit different terrain. But what was different for us is, oh, I don't have those spells anymore. Oh yeah. We've already tried this. That didn't work. We've already and so we so each time as we were navigating like less stuff, trying to save the refugees, we've got fewer hit points. It was a different battle every time for us. I think at least on my side of it was. So so no, that was cool. I really appreciated the way you had planned that and put it together. Something I want to mention and this is where I think for DMs that are out there if you do are you are in a session where you're like we like you DM some of time, I DM some of the time. And one of the things that I always appreciate when I finish is you always give me feedback almost that I mean, most of the time is that very night. 
and whether it's like constructive or just praise, I appreciate that because it helps me to do what you just said as far as like how to how to process yeah. is what was the player's thinking. So as DMs, I think it's good to try to establish that relationship with at least one player to be like, hey, I'd love, hey, text me when you get home or you know, let me know what you think, what you thought about tonight. And the, the quicker they do it, boy. <laughs> I'm always late. Sometimes, sometimes it's not immediate, and I'm laying there in bed, <laughs> phone in hand. I wonder if Dan's gonna text me and tell me how that went. <laughs> so that's why I'm always like trying to get back to you. And I don't know. Maybe I always it is always praise because I mean, as a player, I always have fun playing in your game. But I, even if it's constructive criticism or just like, boy, how did that? How'd you put that together? Or whatever. I, I just I appreciate that discourse afterwards. Because it does help me as the DM mm-hmm. process. Because there are a lot of times, quite frankly, it's it's probably more than not where I go I go home after a session after DMing where I'm like, dang, that just didn't quite didn't quite pan out the way I'd hoped it would, and so the, uh, things like that. So I th- think I would agree. I think, but your analogy is true that you know you, as the actor on the stage, the DM. Mm-hmm. You've got a vision in your head, and if it doesn't, if the play doesn't match that, right. that feels bad. But they, the players, don't know, right? What to, you know, the expectation. Yeah, and that goes into like another, you know, processing or coping strategy is, it's it's a mindset shift. Now, for me and you've been playing for a long time. Now, maybe new DMs don't have this type of shift because of the way Dungeons and Dragons is introduced today, but. We grew up where we created the story and the players followed a story that we put together. We created this dungeon. The players are going to go through the dungeon and they're going to find the loot. They're going to... Whereas today, really the structure of Dungeons and Dragons is it's a shared story. Yeah. So if I can, if I can switch that mindset to, ah, it didn't go the way I wanted, more to our story move forward. Yeah, whether it was the way I wanted it to or that I thought it would, I guess really doesn't matter. Well, I think I think that's one thing watching you that I sort of picked up and and want to get better at is the flexibility. I don't think we've gotten to. The, I know I know we haven't gotten to this story yet in our retelling, mm-hmm. but my bard decided that he was going to basically just steal a, an impounded carriage out from under the nose of the police of Waterdeep. And you let me know later that you did not want that to happen. And if that had been me in your shoes, I think I would have been inflexible and just said, nope, nope, nope. But you went with it and you, I mean, you forced my character to roll and it it became, I mean, to me, I guess I'm sort of, I'm aggrandizing myself a little bit or us because I felt like there was a point where your police guard and my bard kind of sparring back and forth mm-hmm. like the the whole all the other players were just on the edge of their seat wondering what was going to happen yeah. like it was it was a dramatic performance mm-hmm. and you know they kind of were wondering you know what's the next cockeyed thing that Dan's going to pull out to try to convince and lie and <laughs> I don't remember so many times your bard rolls so well in persuasive situations that it's just going to totally change the course of the story. But yes, I do recall that. 
And you know what? In the long run, that's been kind of a fun thing. Like, I'll never forget when Muck, was it Muckluck decided he's going to push the rats around in that? Yeah, was that the? I think that actually, no, that, that might have been before. That, that was, was an earlier. Car- we have a whole fleet of carriages. Now. You do, you do. You've got like three of them, I think. <laughs> and I just honestly, and this is sorry, this is a complete tangent. But as a player, the whole reason I went for that is that the other players were talking about, oh, we need to be cool to get that carriage, steal that carriage. Mm-hmm. As a person, as an individual, I in real life would never, ever, ever do anything like that. Oh, right. I am way too cautious. I'm way too... We don't need that. No, we're fine. We got out. We got out alive. That's enough. Mm-hmm. Let's leave all enough alone. But I thought, no, my bard at that point would not do that. He sees that his friends want that. He's going to try to get it. Mm-hmm. And it, so it was, it was fun to play a character that I am not. Yeah. Right. In that situation. Yeah. And so, you know, as DM, I didn't want... I mean, your roles, like I said, really kind of dictated it. But at the same time, you got to a point of persistence and convincing nature to where I couldn't just let the, 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 the watch allow it to happen. But you had done everything right. And I was like, you know what? Let's let's go with it and let that let that happen. That is a time I will say that is a time when I'm usually pretty happy about the way things turn out. I rarely go home feeling defeated when you guys are happy about something because it was yeah. it was kind of a fun moment mm-hmm. of Dungeons and Dragons and it didn't it didn't change necessarily the story but it gave you guys a, a bit of confidence for sure and it now you part of the lore of and, the group right yeah. exactly hmm I don't know that I have do you have other items to of coping because mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah go ahead with that sure so I think there are some times though when when a session does fail, mm-hmm. that, that the players themselves are not entirely entertained by the time it's done. And I, and I had one of those just recently, too, mm-hmm. uh, my dad's and kids group. I think I was, I was overselling it to myself. I had a plan where the group was, the, the party is trying to work its way through a jungle to find the source of some weird magical mishap that's caused this this toxic blue fog to spread through and just mutate and harm people. And they have to cross a dragon's territory. Mm. And looking back, maybe I shouldn't have told them that, but the the NPC that's helping them knew and said, we got to go fast. And so the the whole conceit is this dragon does stop them in human form. And she's very green dragon. So she's really nasty about them there. And, looks at them a little bit and then says, well, I'm just going to keep you. You'll be, you'll be useful slaves to me. And, <laughs> and, and then what I wanted was there to be enough discussion and maybe even a little bit of a fight, but she would notice, they would notice about her that she's been affected by that fog. She is ill. Okay. And she would notice that they are not. They met a tribe that had, was able to give them some medicine okay. to dose them, to protect them. And so... Once she notices that, then she's like, wait, why are you okay? Mm. And so that becomes another level of what do we tell her, what do we not tell her? Because one of the NPCs actually has to make it every day, and they're like, if, if she finds out, she's just going to kidnap her. Right. You know. And then in the end, what, what I wanted to have, this is railroading, now that I think about it, is that they, I wanted 
them to get to the point in the discussion with her that she would admit that she she knows how to undo this magical catastrophe, but it takes a certain number of spellcasters working together. Oh, okay. So she can't do it herself. And so that's why that will be the hook that will allow her to let them leave. Mm. And, and anyway, so I, I think I just piled too much on top. Okay. And, and they were all scared of her and so they just wouldn't say anything at all she oh. i'd have her say something and they just stare at each other and, <laughs> and they wouldn't know what to say nobody and, wants to say the wrong thing <laughs> yeah and you know i finally had to kind of nudge it to the point where i i felt like i was just bringing them a, a story oh okay and and that felt kind of bad and mm-hmm. so I, I did ask that's the dads and kids D, so i asked my daughter later and she she seemed she noticed I could tell that she was kind of being polite. I didn't didn't want me to feel bad, but also this is where there are other effects possible. It was a a weird time for playing. It was like Sunday morning, mm-hmm. okay. and everybody was just sleepy, and and that just kind of put them all off their game, and they all yeah. just kind of sat there like bumps. Okay, <laughs> they wanted to. Well, I mean. In an instance like that, maybe they wanted the story just to be told yes. to them. Well, which is possible. You know, <laughs> sometimes that happens. So, I thought to be to be brutally honest on myself, I probably could have prepared a little better. Mm-hmm. I, I could have had a little more, a few more leading questions ready from the dragon. Okay. I, I could have, I should have thought more thoroughly about how they would encounter her. Mm-hmm. And, and those sorts of things. So there were definitely things I could do differently and probably would next time around. Right, right. Well, and we know as being teachers, being reflective on your practice, being reflective on your planning and games uh, yeah. is also an important coping method of, you know, when things don't go well. Because we know from the classroom, not every lesson is going to be a success. Right. And so being reflective and being honest with yourself on, you know, like you just said, you know, maybe you felt like maybe you railroaded it, rail, railroaded it a little bit yeah. um, hard. Although I do think there's there's a place and time for that because yeah. players are wishy-washy or they aren't sure exactly what they're supposed to do. And so as the DM, we give them a little nudge. That's true. As a player, there are times where I, I do want you. I, just, I feel like saying, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know yeah. what the solution is here. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I could see where that would be the case. I will say, you know, you talked about, you know, maybe being more prepared and having those leading questions. That is probably the the worst I feel as a DM walking away from a session where, I don't know, and it's, I, I wish I could blame it on you, the players, <laughs> saying, well, you took me in a place I just wasn't really expecting. You know, if I'm prepared, I we ought to be somewhat close. And when... When I have to be constantly looking up monster stats, or um, or you know looking up rules of things that I was like, why didn't I? Why didn't I do that? Or why wasn't I ready for that? Yes. Like when we were in Salt Marsh, I was like, okay, I need to be ready because if they go to the ocean or they get on a ship, I better know underwater rules. It's like I studied up on that. You guys never used it, which is (laughs) fine. I didn't. I didn't necessarily want you to go that way, but I thought. I better be ready just in case. Yeah. But man, there are so many times. I feel like I'm a little better about it these days, but there have been some times down in the dungeon here where where you guys are doing something. I'm just like, guys, I'm sorry. I have to look this one up. <laughs> I don't, I, and I feel guilty because I feel like I'm setting a bad example. 
I had to do that. I had to do that this last time too. That was mm-hmm. the other major problem is I had an encounter table mm-hmm. and depending on how many, I do the dungeons dungeon dudes thing where they all roll a D six. And if any of them rolls a one, that's going to trigger an encounter. Okay. The more ones that are rolled, there's a different set of encounters that get oh, worse and worse and worse. I guess I forgot about that. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize till that day I had never finished fleshing that out because mm. I didn't think there's no way they're going to roll four ones out of six, but they did. <laughs> and so I had to punt. I mean, I, I had a, like a, I called it a fog touched coven mm. of hags and they were going to have extra powers because of the blue fog. Right. I don't remember what I intended. I just had to, I had no memory of that. I just had to go with a plain old coven. Yeah. And I totally had to look up everything they could do and every spell. And I was just mortified that I had done that. I know. And you kind of want to be like, hey, guys, want, want, there's some food over there. <laughs> Why don't you guys get up and go get some food? I mean, <laughs> yeah. That could be, I mean, really, honestly, that I think sometimes being upfront and honest with the players and saying something like, I wasn't really prepared for this. Let's take a quick break. I'm yeah. going to take some time to get ready for this next encounter and move forward that way. It's, it still doesn't feel good, but boy, when that heats on and I, you know, I'm sitting there looking through the books and I'm like, I'm going to miss something. And you guys are all like looking at me and I'm like, ah, <laughs> what do I do next? <laughs> so, uh, see, so yeah, preparation certainly is... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I reflect it, you know, when you look back onto it, it's like, yeah, I probably should have been more prepared. But like we said, you can't, you can't be too hard on yourself because you just you can't prepare for everything. Yeah. Should we take a break? Yeah. Let's take a quick break uh, so that I can get my next encounter uh, ready before we <laughs> talk about the next item here. <laughs> All right. Well, we are talking behind the DM screen here on Teachers in the Dungeon. We will be right back. And we are back on Teachers in the Dungeon. I'm Tom Gross with Dan Ream, and we're doing a session on behind the screen. And Maybe it's... Counseling session. Counseling, basically, <laughs> yes. Counseling session, because we all know we struggle sometimes as DMs to to make the session feel good. Yeah. And we walk away just feeling kind of crummy sometimes. What, we else, were, what else? I was going to say, we're in the midst of talking about what, hap- what, do you do, what do you do if you decide the session was not good and, yeah. and and we were kind of already talking about this but I I do think you know, it is important to be not overly critical of yourself but critical enough to say mm-hmm. what we were just talking about yes I needed to anticipate better I needed to uh, for myself I know incorporating backstory is something I struggle to do mm-hmm. I need to do that more and, and because something like that could have lifted it a little more sure. made it a little more interesting make sure that you are disciplined enough to have the stats and things ready to go. Mm-hmm. And I think those those things go a long way toward, one, establishing enough confidence that you can kind of freeform if you need to, mm-hmm. um, and, but then it makes it less likely because you are going to be more prepared. Right. I mean, preparation is so important. When You know, I think it's not just on the DM side, but on the players as well. I know that the the sessions as a player that I come into where I've looked at my character, I've looked at where he is, what spells still are available, kind of look back at the notes of where we've been. Those sessions are so much better as a player. I think it's the same as a DM, is knowing all that stuff. And there have been times where I walk into something, I'm just like, holy cow, I know I'm not prepared. But you do it anyway. 
And then, you know, here's another, I think this is another way to kind of help process it in game is I think it's fair to say to the players, what do you guys remember of this? Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes I do it trying to <laughs> sneakily get by. Well, you don't remember. <laughs> but, but you know, being upfront and saying, guys, I don't have anything written about this. Or I didn't go back and look. Can you can you tell me what? I just like to hear what they remember. Sometimes what, their what perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is another thing that sometimes I feel like I failed as a DM. And I don't know, maybe this is a case of over-planning, but I don't know if you've ever felt like it on your end. I can't think of an example, but you do a lot more games than the ones I'm just in. But is where, like, a battle just goes on forever. Yeah. And just doesn't ever seem to end. And the instance of that, for me... And again, we, we'll talk about this in our recap of Waterdeep, one of these uh, soon, actually, is the, the battle with Dagger Don and Ashton Malore when you first encountered them outside of Waterdeep yeah. on the way back from Saltmarsh. Oh, man, I, I'm pretty sure we battled for four and a half hours. Now, we were online. So, weren't we? Yeah, we yes. were online. Yes. That slowed things down a little bit, but I, I did not think that that... <laughs> that battle would go on for so long. Yeah. It got spread across the map. And I mean, <laughs> there's so many like battle like spots that were going on. Well, and I think that's another thing where you perceived it very differently as the DM than we did. Okay. And that I remember that as a really exciting by the skin of our teeth survival type of a battle. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was still kind of in the phase where I had decided that my bard was the only one that was stepping up and and I decided, well, that's what he'll do. And mm-hmm. so he waited right in. You set up the situation that should have made us pause. Mm-hmm. And instead I waited right in and got kind of got my hand slapped for it, you know, in the yeah. sense that he got his bell rung pretty quick right out of the gate. And then I was like, oh, shoot, now I have to play carefully. And I wasn't really even thinking mm-hmm. that that's not really the bard's job. I'm supposed to be buffing all of my friends and right right you know but, but it did get so spread out that yes that that would have been difficult for you i mean yeah. when you're the person who supports everybody else you like it when they stay nice and close yeah <laughs> and that did not happen in that one and it kind of worked that that was sort of my plan but i did not think it would take so long and where i was really feeling bad was like 15 20 minutes could pass between turns yeah because there was a lot of discussion of strategy. You guys were asking a lot of good questions about, well, where do we see here? How far is this? What's in the way? That kind of stuff that I was like, I was I was just feeling awful because I'm, I'm looking at the screen and seeing yawns and I'm like, mm, it is like, it's been 20 minutes since Laser Wolf made his last move. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, I was feeling bad there about that. So I'm, I'm glad to hear on your end that it didn't quite feel that no, way. No. But yeah, I was looking for, and I just was, I was trying so hard to figure out how can I pick up the pace of this battle and just nothing that I tried seemed to work. And like I did, I did some things with those. So there were some gazers involved on the perimeter yes. that I, I was actually trying to use them. I initially wanted them to kind of put you guys in a hard plot spot. Then I was like, they're all spread out. So I tried to use them to try to get you guys back into like a center and that didn't work. Yeah. And so 
it just it just went. Now it did it uh, without giving anything away. It did end in sort of a dramatic fashion. Yeah. That helped me feel a little better at the end, but at the same time not. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I I left that one thinking, okay, in what ways could I have changed that? Because the goal number one was I did want it to be a challenge to the point where I don't want to kill you guys, but at the same time, I didn't want you to kill them either. Cause they were, my intent was they were going to be recurring characters. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted them to get away. So I tried to make it challenging on that level, mm-hmm. but I think that just sort of made it to where it, like you said earlier, it was a slog and just con- you know, several different battle fronts uh, formed and I couldn't keep the battle moving. And I, I still don't know that I could I could think of a different way to do that. No, and because you couldn't control what we did, and you had, you know, a couple characters charging in and a couple characters almost running the other way. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so there wasn't much there wasn't much to be done except mm-hmm. that. So, you know, again, I go back to the so how how do you process something like that when, when something in game doesn't go so well? I don't know if you've got something. What I was thinking was, I, I just go back to that reflection. Just go back yeah. and think about, play the battle out again in your mind, and what could you have done differently? Well, and and my final thing, much easier said than done, the final point I wanted to make ties into that a little bit, which is when all is said and done, give yourself a little bit of grace oh, on this yeah. as, a, as a DM. Uh, you are, most of us are still learning. Hopefully mm-hmm. all of us are. Yeah. And... If the players are doing what they're supposed to be doing, they probably are going to be throwing you some curveballs. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hit everyone. Right. You know, nobody's going to be perfect all the time. And and the other thing that I have to remember too is, you mentioned it earlier. This is this is cooperative st- storytelling. It does take everybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe the players themselves did not step up the way they should have. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's that's certainly, like I said, I think with my dads and kids group everybody was tired which is very understandable but consequently i wasn't getting much back Mm -hmm. from them when i tried to role play some of these things yeah i i i've had that happen not so much with our group usually our group is pretty well you know we meet once a month so it's like you got to be on your a game yeah and even if you're not you have to act like you are um but when i played in college there were a lot of times when several different factors came into play of where I was like looking at them like and I remember a couple of times saying do you guys really want to play tonight because they're trying to watch a game on the TV while we're playing oh. or some of them the alcohol might have been flowing a little bit more and I'm like guys you're kind of acting like idiots now do you want to just stop no 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 we'll be we'll we'll we'll, we'll shape up and we'll and, you know that kind of thing and they did they did because most of the time when you get together to play Dungeons and Dragons, whether it's every week, once a month, or every six months, you want to play. Yeah. You want to play. I want to throw a curveball to you right now because something that came <laughs> up uh, makes me think about this because when we talk about ways of coping in this, sometimes we do, as DMs, have to take a risk. And so I'm kind of wondering if you can think. I'll go first so you can have some time to think about it. But... Is there a time when you, as the DM, knew you were going into a game trying something that you had no idea if it was going to work, but you thought so strongly about it that you pushed forward with it? So I'll let you think while I tell you mine. Because mine 
happened in your pergola area. <laughs> it was in. The, it was a nice day outside, and it was it was in Waterdeep. So the background, if you haven't listened to our recaps, are Waterdeep is a brand new adventure style for me as a DM. I've never really played a campaign that is solely set in the city. Right now, I'm always excited to try to push you guys out of the city for like a foray here or there. But really, the bulk of it, everything takes place in the city. I was really struggling in preparing because you guys were sort of establishing yourselves as members of the city, part adventurer, part contributors to a, a society. And I couldn't think of really a good way that through adventure and battle and fighting and traditional Dungeons and Dragons style to have that happen. My risk taking was I planned an entire session that involved zero combat but even less, even more so than just that, it was, I really planned a session that required very few dice rolls. Mm-hmm. It was 100% just us talking and role-playing instances. Mm-hmm. And I was super nervous about that because, A, I wasn't exactly sure exactly how to prepare for that. So I had prepared what were the most likely places you guys were going to want to go to Mm -hmm. and try to establish what kind of person is this and i tried to establish all the npcs worked pretty well you guys threw some curveballs where i had to make up some npcs along (laughs) the way but that worked really well but what i was really most nervous about was you guys splitting up which of course you did yeah and why wouldn't you? I mean, it made perfect sense. You guys are like, oh, I really kind of want to do this project over here, or I want to go here, and someone else wants to go over here. And so my big fear was if you and I, you know, Nikistos wants to go someplace, you know, usually you guys went in twos. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of you go one place. We spend 30, 40 minutes role-playing over here, and I got three other people sitting out there, with us just sort of like twiddling their thumbs and i was taking note of like what were people doing you know while it was going on and i noticed like paul very often would go to and sort of look through the book and i think he was kind of you know looking at his character and things like that Mm because paul was pretty new to our group when when i did that Mm -hmm. and so i i saw he was keeping himself busy there and marcus and chris i think just sort of an it seemed to me now i hope <laughs> because i this wasn't this wasn't necessarily a risk taking moment where i walked away feeling awful about it mm-hmm. i felt the way i walked away a little uneasy like that i didn't wasn't sure how it went right but in the long run it pushed the story very much pushed the story forward oh, yeah. and set up actually several different directions for adventure for you guys but i don't know i what I, I'm kind of curious. We've talked about it a little bit, but I'm curious what sort of feedback you had about those uh, those sessions. I think we've done several of them. Yeah, I think for myself, as a player, I didn't. I understood, and and to be honest, role playing continually is a little tiring. So I actually didn't mind the break. Oh, go out. Okay, you know, I could get up, get some food, mm-hmm. you know, run the bathroom if I needed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of thing. So that was perfectly okay. And and the location was kind of good too because we had a fire going and that sort of thing. So there's you can just chill out and just watch the fire and kind of listen to people yeah. interact. So it, it was fine. I think and I think we all understood. Mm-hmm. No, this is the way it's gonna be. You can't involve us all. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm glad to hear that. And yes, I I one thousand percent agree that that's one of the reasons why I love when we play water deep in the in the summer. Yeah, because of all the role playing and kind of splitting up and things like that. Being outside, like you said, the fire. It's sort of a nice distraction for those. And for me, it makes me feel less. Like we're not confined in like one area and yeah. trying to work around a table um, necessarily. We're just sort of sitting around. It's almost like we're sitting around just talking. Yeah. But what's cool is we're talking in like the context of the story, Tell which the story is really together. cool. So, yeah. so that was a huge risk take for me. And I feel like it came away pretty good. Stressful mm-hmm. going in. But walking away, I felt really good about it. Can you think of any instances where you took, you felt like you took a big risk? No. Because <laughs> okay. I don't, I'm not a risk taker, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Little risks, definitely. Mm-hmm. But this this would probably fit better in, in another episode. But slowly realizing, I jumped into DMing before I knew what I was doing, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest. And that was, ve- I know Chris saw that immediately. And was just oh. gracious enough not yeah. to not to call me out on how much I was railroading you guys. Oh, so it wasn't until you guys got to Gench, and that was my risk that I thought, okay, I'm gonna create this city, and they are gonna have options. Yeah, and so that was a risk, and and I feel like it paid off, and that I got confidence, and there were some very memorable moments that happened because of the way the city was laid out, right, and and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that made it made it fun, and and it, it it worked out. I think probably how it always does in that you saw and interacted with about fifteen percent of what I had planned. Wow! You had I I had had <laughs> I had NPCs in every single noble family. Yeah. Because you could have gone. You you decided not to do this, but you could have gone and actually tried to investigate the murders and the crimes oh. and you could have gone to each house mm-hmm. and questioned them and I had the way the houses looked I had the symbol for each of the families I had what the you know <laughs> the, 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 the tension or or camaraderie between the various mm-hmm. members of the family and okay. I had all that set up you know, oh, wow. hindsight I'm kind of glad that I, d- I didn't have to run all that but uh, oh. you could have you could have done that I felt like we when, now that you're telling that, I feel like we kind of started that and then moved on to something else. Like we like bailed on that pretty quickly. I, I seem to remember talking to one of the houses and questioning them on the murders and then somehow either they diverted us to something else. To I think I might have done that too. I, had a, I, I always have a little too much stuffed into what's yeah. going to happen. And I think I had our taxes come across your path. Oh, right. And you could have told him no. You mm-hmm. could have continued on with what you were going to do, but he convinced you to team up. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't okay. really think that would happen. I, I wasn't entirely sure you were going to go with him. Mm-hmm. Well, so. you know, the nice thing about having all that stuff is if you ever did decide to, you know, put it all together into a package that uh, <laughs> people could, you know, grab a PDF off the you know internet for, you know, a small sum, that it's all there. It's all there. And people could play this. And you do, you have played this with more than one group, so. Mm-hmm. And they've all done different things. It's been kind yeah. of fun to see how it unfolds. I do. We should do, we should do a show where we talk about that sometime. Your, your experience of playing the same adventure with multiple yeah. uh, groups and how, how that uh, played out. But, you know, I guess in the long run, when I think about the times where it just didn't feel right to me and it just, I walked away kind of like, meh, 
I kind of stunk. Ultimately, when you put all the things that we talked about, you know, give yourself some grace, be reflective, and, and how could you have done that differently? And I forget your first your first one. Check with your players and make sure it really was. Yeah, right. Okay. Because it might is, not have been. Is in the long run, you played a game. Yeah. You know, and whether people thought it was slow or whether people thought, man, that was a lot of combat or there was hardly anything for me to do in this one, is you still played a game. You still got together with friends and you get together again. And mm-hmm. next time, maybe it'll be great. Maybe it'll just be a fun adventure and maybe you'll feel the same way. But I always think this in the back of my head is if they don't think it's very much fun, well, one of them could do it. Right. <laughs> right. One of them could step up to the plate right. and be DM. And, you know, and maybe, wait, maybe that's why you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just think it's, uh, it, it, regardless, you know, the honest truth is we feel that way sometimes. Yeah. But in the long run, everyone's, everyone understands and everyone had, you know, hopefully is giving you grace. Yes. Yes. I think that is one of the things we're very fortunate in is that we do play these games with friends who are mature and kind mm-hmm. and they get it and they're they're not going to be if they are bored they're not going to show that and they're not going to take it out on us. Right. Exactly. So, well fun. This was I, this was a good conversation. It was very as you said earlier, very therapeutic. Yes. Uh, to get <laughs> those ideas. We, yes. Let's get this all out. Um, and so, well, you know, you out there listening, if you're a DM and you've walked away from a game just feeling awful and you had a coping me- mechanism that's different than something we talked about. It's something that you did to help get yourself through that, to get to the next game and really push forward. We'd love to hear about mm-hmm. hear about that. Yeah. You can, as we mentioned in the opening, you can you jump on social media, you know, give us some notes or tips that you'd like us to share, or send us an email. Give us a description like we have today of uh, how that went. We'd love to share your stories on the show. And so, again, Teachers in the Dungeon at gmail.com. Dan, any final thoughts that uh, you want to put out there? No, I think I've talked long enough. Okay. Well, <laughs> me too. And so uh, after we sign off, though, I'm going to walk away going, man, that probably could have gone better. <laughs> I wonder how that could have went a little bit better. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us today on Teachers in the Dungeon. And until next time, keep rolling those 20s. So long, folks. up today's session so thank you for listening to teachers in the dungeon we appreciate you and your feedback until the next time we see you in the dungeon we hope you roll high on those saving throws if you enjoyed the show and want to hear what happens in the adventure subscribe to the podcast have questions thoughts or ideas check the show notes for our website and our contact information This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or any other third-party Dungeons & Dragons entity. Teachers in the Dungeon is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders in the U.S. or abroad. The official Dungeons & Dragons website can be found at www.dnd.wizards.com.